Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, welcome back. Let's uh, continue talking about the Trans Mountain Pipeline spill that occurred on the weekend. You heard our previous segment there with opponent, opponents of the pipeline and also a supporter of the pipeline, opponents of the project saying this is an I told you so moment. This is what we are warning about. Let's check in now with Ian Anderson. He is the president and CEO of the Trans Mountain Corporation. I'm very pleased to welcome him. Hi, thanks for doing this. My pleasure, Mike. Good morning. Good morning to you. Can you explain to our listeners uh, exactly what happened there on Saturday? Yeah, what happened was uh, late Friday night, about 11 p.m., um, an alarm was sounded at the Sumas station, um, and the station was immediately shut down and automatically shut down, and our operators commenced the shutdown of, of the pipeline immediately thereafter, and it was closed within minutes. We had a, a coupling on a one-inch uh, piece of uh, really what was steel piping attached to the main line that's, that's intended to draw off samples of the main line for regular testing of the commodities that are going through the line. That coupling failed, uh, and as a result, we had, uh, we had the, the release uh, on the site. Uh, it's contained to our property, and cleanup continues. Okay, so the alarm went off Friday night, and when you say that it was shut down immediately do you mean that was like that was all automated like it it shut down on its own immediately the station was automatically shut down uh, immediately with the alarm sounding and then the control center operator gets that alarm uh he uh verifies that alarm uh and then he immediately commences shutdown procedures for the automated valving that are attached to our main line and if you can imagine, it's not like a light switch that you turn off and on. Uh, it takes a few minutes for that valve to close and for that segment to become isolated. But uh, the actions were automatic and immediate. Okay, we still, though, had a, a spill of 150,000 liters of oil, approximately, correct? Yep, yep. We're okay, if, it went on, right if, it was shut down, if it was shut down immediately, how come 150,000 liters of oil spilled? Well, it's because the pipeline itself has, has line fill. The pipeline is still full. So it's the drain down effect of what's in the line that's coming into the station is what we saw get released uh, on the site. So the valve was shut upstream and downstream of the station. The station goes shut down. But within the pipe itself, uh, you know, it's a large diameter pipe that's full. And that's the drain down effect. Okay, speaking to Ian Anderson, he's the president of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. So when, when people hear about this, a spill of 150,000 liters, that sounds like a lot. How, what do you say to the public on this? How, how would you quantify that? Would you say this is a minor spill? I mean, how would you describe it? Uh, Mike, what I would say is any spill is, uh, is, is material, and, and we take every spill seriously, and, and uh, our emergency response is prepared for uh, every size of spill. This would be a, a material spill for us. I mean, that that's a, a material what does that volume. Mean? What does that mean, material spill? Well, it's it's not a small, insignificant spill. 
Uh, it is one that did trigger our, our formal incident command center. It triggered communication regulators. It triggered involvement of local uh, authorities. So uh, we practice these kinds of exercises regularly. We were prepared for it. We had people on site within an hour. And we had our incident command set up uh, the next morning uh, with full response capability. Uh, everything was contained to our property. Uh, so I think it's, uh, like I said, every spill is taken very seriously. And, and we will do a complete investigation. And uh, any of our learnings from that investigation will be in- incorporated into our maintenance procedures. Okay. Is there also an independent investigation going on? Uh, I would expect the the CER, the regulator, will do their investigation. The Transportation Safety Board has uh, advised that they will do an investigation into the cause uh, of uh, the incident and the response uh, by us uh, to the incident. So there will be several layers of investigation done, and, and they're typically done quite quickly. And I can say that ours will be done very quickly. We've already got the, the failed piece of coupling off-site uh, being investigated uh, as we speak to determine what went wrong with it. Okay, when you say that the the oil that spilled was contained on your property, are, does that mean there is no threat to any water supplies there? Because I'm looking at the reaction from people nearby, Chief Dalton Silver of the Sumas First mm-hmm. Nation. He says that his reserves drinking water comes from an aquifer in the area. He says it's a swampy area. My concern is seepage into the ground. He's wondering about the effect on their drinking water. What can you tell them? Well, we've got on that site, uh, in recognition of the fact that, that we're sitting on top of, of an aquifer, we've got 20 uh, well monitoring sites uh, there. Uh, we're testing them as we speak. We've tested about half of them so far, and we have found no impact to, uh, to groundwater or any aquifer water. Uh, the results have come up clean, uh, so that's telling us that the commodity that was released is sitting on the surface or shortly below the surface uh, of the ground, and we're collecting it as we speak. The free oil that was sitting on the surface was all recovered within hours, and now we're going underneath that into the top layers of the soil and reclaiming that. So all of our testing, and we'll continue our water testing um, indefinitely to ensure that uh, that aquifer and that the groundwater in the region stays safe, but there's zero indication right now that there's any contamination of any groundwater. Okay, I'm looking at some of the photos of the area, and I see some grazing land where, where I guess, some cows normally graze. Was there any impact in that area and those animals? The no impact to the animals. There was some cattle on the property that we, um, we shoot away first thing in the morning, and uh, that's land that we own uh, that is leased out to a farmer for grazing. So the cattle were uh, protected. There was some uh, surface oil that, that went uh, through a culvert into that field, it was immediately collected uh, the next morning, and we're now in the process of skimming off the, the top couple of feet of soil in that area to uh, ensure that there's no residual contamination on the soil. But uh, there's been no impact, as I said, to, uh, right. uh, to the animals or to uh, the, the, you know, the use of that uh, property. Okay, so the animals would be allowed to go back out there and start grazing again? Well, yeah, because the vast majority of that site was, was unaffected, and we will have fenced off the area that we will continue to work in. All right. Speaking to Ian Anderson from the Trans Mountain Corporation, what do you say to people who were already saying this is an I told you so moment, this is the type of risk we're talking about with this project, this is another reason that the expansion of the pipeline should be shut down? How do you respond? 
Well, I mean, the expansion has been studied for years. Our emergency response plans have been um, in place for years and are continuously tested. Uh, these are industrial facilities, and um, uh, we treat them accordingly. So our response plans are reviewed with our regulator. We test them regularly. This one worked to perfection. We, we were there uh, immediately. We were responding immediately, and my crews have been there ever since. So I think that, uh, you know, we're, 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 we learn from every incident. Uh, investigations always turn up, uh, you know, have findings, um, and, and, and we'll look for those through this one. But I think that the demand for, you know, the movement of these commodities to market, um, you know, by pipelining is still by far the safest means of transporting oil and oil-related products. Uh, we're designing and going to build a brand-new, uh, you know, uh, pipeline uh, with heavy, thick walls with uh, high-tech leak detection. Uh, and we've been working on that engineering for a long time, and the project is underway. So I think that uh, we'll learn from this, um, and we'll uh, we'll incorporate any findings into our overall plans. But uh, everything has worked the way we expected. Does this indicate any need to replace the old pipeline? Because we're talking about the expansion project is laying in a new pipe. Mm-hmm. There's already an existing pipe that's been there for many decades, and th- this is where the leak occurred, right from the from the existing project. So does that does that indicate that maybe the old pipeline is is past past its due date and should be replaced? No, not at all. The existing pipeline is in is in very good condition. Our integrity program, tens of millions of dollars is spent in maintaining that pipeline every year. Uh, this was a fitting uh, within a a manifold in a in a complex uh, station. And uh, in fact, the fitting itself, uh, I understand, is not very old. Uh, but it, but uh, we have to review why it failed, and what failed about it. But it, it doesn't reflect at all on the condition of the main line whatsoever. Okay, last question for you. We've seen during this pandemic some oil prices uh, going down and uh, decreased demand during the pandemic. What would you say about the current economics of the expansion project, which is now owned by the citizens of Canada after the federal government bought it? I mean, is this project still economically viable? Yeah, we've looked at that very closely, and we've been in constant contact with our shippers and our customers. Our pipeline has remained full, uh, even despite you know some of the reduced demand for for gasoline in the in the transportation market. Uh, the pipe has remained full uh, every day, and it will continue to for the foreseeable future, and uh, our customers remain committed to the expansion. Our, our expansion plans and the commercial underpinning of it were largely built on existing production in Alberta. So even, so, even though we've seen a, a bit of a downturn in future projects in Alberta, um, we're still going to provide access for those shippers to world markets that they don't have access to today. So it, it, the project is in as high demand as it was before, and... Uh, remaining full you know, during this pandemic period is, is uh, proof of that. Thank you for your time today. You're most welcome, Mike. I, I appreciate it. That is Ian Anderson. He is the president and CEO of the Trans Mountain Corporation. Uh, talking about that spill that we saw on Saturday in Abbotsford, 150,000 liters of oil spilled at a Trans Mountain facility and a pumping station there. You heard him say that they, they feel that the system worked properly here. An alarm went off.